0: Okay, folks. We're gonna get rolling with Adult Sunday School here this morning. Welcome. Uh, grab a muffin and a seat, and uh, make sure you know which one you're supposed to sit on and which one you're supposed to eat. Um, I uh, I've been out for the count most of this week. I've been the sickest I've uh, I've ever been, I think, and so. Um, I'm not all the way better. Uh, the f- my fever broke on Friday, finally. Um, but that's my excuse for anything stupid I say this morning. Uh, <laughs> so we'll see how this goes. Jordan's preaching for me this morning, which I'm very grateful for. Um, but uh, we're going to jump right into it. as always. We've got a bunch of information we want to get through, which is ironic, given today's topic. but uh, let's let's ask for God's help, and then let's let's dig in. Heavenly Father, thank you for the chance to think together. Thank you for the chance to think about your word and what it says about this world in which we live. And I'm asking for your wisdom as we do this together and that you'd help us all to think well and carefully about these things that that matter so much. And I pray this in Jesus' name, for his sake and for his glory. Amen. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding but only in expressing his opinion. A fool's lips walk into a fight, and his mouth invites a beating. A fool's mouth is his ruin, and his lips are a snare to his soul. The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. If one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. An intelligent heart acquires knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. The one who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examines him. Uh, these are a selection of proverbs written by Solomon about the internet, uh, and they uh, were written thousands of years before the internet. Um, I think one of the things that... that, that uh, that we see here is that people have always been stupid with language. And uh, people have always been foolish with the words they say or don't say. Uh, the internet has simply enabled us to be more stupid with more people. Uh, think of how a bomb uh, allows you, allows one person to kill more people. It doesn't create the desire to kill people, it just enables you to do that. And. Uh, with all of the foolishness uh of communication and stuff on the internet here is is it, that, that foolishness has always been present in, in in the hearts of people uh but the internet has just allowed us to uh be foolish in a much more broad way uh and uh, and uh it's opened up our our um access to foolish communication and uh and yet and yet just like uh bombs have changed the face of modern warfare um, uh, uh, the internet has really changed the face of, of communication and information. So today, as we get to, we're in our fifth class on, uh, in this uh, class called Connected Wisdom for a Wired Age. Today's class is called Between the Lines, Discernment in the Age of Information. So we're talking today about how to exercise discernment in, in the information age when we are bombarded by information and communication. How do we apply? Uh, how do we be be wise and discerning when we are awash, when we're drowning in information, when we can't trust a lot of it? And and my my basic answer to that question, by the way, could someone run a box of Kleenex back here? I'm gonna I'm gonna probably need that. Um, uh, not because I care so much about this material, but just because of my cold um, but the uh, the idea um, is that we just need to apply the proverbs and so really what i 'm going to try to do today is uh, is is help us think through how some of these principles from the proverbs, which hopefully are kind of fresh to us, having studied a good chunk of the proverbs this this summer. Thanks, Christina. How these uh, principles from the proverbs apply to um, to the information that we have access to through the internet, a lot of what I talk about today is going to apply to the news, um, because the news is the stuff that we often take to be—we assume it's authoritative, we assume it's 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 uh, true—but uh, but what we're talking about today applies to. Uh, reporting, health information, bloggers, all, any kind of online information that we have access to. And just again acknowledging you and I have access to way more information than anybody at any point in history. And so we gotta be discerning with it and we gotta know that, um, what's going on. So here we're gonna walk through eight truths, eight broad truths, um, that are, are hopefully just faithful applications of these proverbs. And then we're going to look at four four practical steps to take. So, eight truths. Number one, um, the news is a figment of our technological imagination. Okay. Now, what what I'm do, doing here is I'm echoing from a few weeks ago when we looked at this idea that the medium is the message. Remember that idea? The medium shapes the message, and and this phrase that the news is a figment of our technological imagination comes from. Neil Postman, who wrote that book, uh, Amusing Ourselves to Death. And and his point there is that the daily news cannot exist without the technology that makes it possible. So before the telegraph, you didn't have the daily news because you had no way of telling people on the other side of the country that Mrs. Jones' barn had burned down. Okay? So without the Technology to communicate it, you don't actually have the information. And um, people did pretty pretty good before they knew that Mrs. Jones in New York's barn had burned down across the country in San Francisco. You hear what I'm saying? Like people lived without the daily news for years and years and years. And and. uh, that's They actually did other things other than take in news information. They read books and they went to parties and things like that. And we're going to come back to this in a little bit, but it's just important to remember that the daily news didn't exist up until a certain point in history, that's really what I'm saying here. It didn't exist before we had the technology to, to, to make it exist. Um, most of human history has gone without this daily stream of information that we assume is necessary called, quote, unquote, the news. Uh, again, like I said, a number of these talks about the news, but this actually is more broadly about information. Number two, uh, the news is an entertainment industry. And we could just say information is an entertainment industry. Um, news outlets and blogs and information sources uh, mo- most of the time are are not, <laughs> now, this is going to sound cynical, but it's true. Th- they don't tend to report on things that are true, period. They tend to report on things that people will want to read because if people want to read them, then they get lots of page views, which means they get lots of advertisements shown, which means they get show how much you've been paying attention in the past few weeks, right? They make money. Um, now, there are certainly exceptions to this. Uh, I love movies about the intrepid journalist who is committed to telling the truth, even though it goes against what everyone else wants them to tell. But do you notice that they make movies about those kind of people? You you, you see what I'm saying? Um, Much of the time, when you actually look at how the news and the information complex works, um, it's an entertainment industry. The stories that will get people interested get reported, and the stories that people don't care about don't get reported, and so lots of important things don't actually get reported. So here's what I'm saying. When we look at, for example, the daily news, we think we're getting an objective view of all the things that are going on in the world. We're not. We're getting a curated picture of the things that they think or they know we will like to read, and the things that they know we don't want to hear about they don't report on because we're not going to click on them and they're not going to make money. So um, selective reporting is is a huge thing in today's information complex because the news is fundamentally an entertainment industry. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so social media gets big into this, right? What's trending? Although we now know enough about how Facebook and stuff works that they sort of decide what's going to trend, right? Like it's not just what's trending. They decide we're going to make this trend or we're going to not make this trend. They can suppress stories. They can promote stories, Facebook has incredible power over what news what becomes news or not, um, and we're going to actually touch on that in a little bit here. But don't think all I'm saying is when you, you know whether it's social media or the news or the information blogs. Don't think you're actually seeing what's actually going on in the world. You're getting a curated picture of what they want you to know is going on in the world. Okay, number three, uh, the news uh, is far more unreliable than you think. So i want going to tell two stories here. Um, one was an experience I had when I was in my early 20s. I was the speaker at a camp uh, where um, something really tragic happened. Uh, one of the campers had epilepsy, snuck off uh, after everyone had left the beach, snuck off by himself in the water, had a seizure, and drowned. And... Um, and and so it was, it was quite a. This, I could tell you the story from another angle, being the camp speaker that week. It was quite a profound experience for myself uh, in my formation um, as a spiritual leader. But but more to the point, it was really interesting because um, right away something like this happens, and all the local news agencies all of a sudden want to show up at the camp. Okay, now just think about it. Like why? Like. I, I, does it matter to them? Like, are they there because they care about this boy or his family? No, it's just, well, it's news. This People will be interested in this. This will sell. And so we posted a guy at the front door of the camp, or at the front front entrance of the camp, blocking all all news from, from, from gaining access to the camp. So what the news did was they found the one guy who was close enough to be able to say some things, but far enough away that he didn't know he wasn't supposed to talk. So they found a former board member who hadn't been on site at the camp in about three, four years, and he gave the front page interview that was on the front page of the Regina Leader Post the next day filled with more factual errors than if a seven-year-old had written it. So I mean factual errors like how many kids were at the camp, what the point of the camp was, uh, what the activities they were doing were, like so many factual errors that from someone who was actually there that week reading it was like, oh my word, this, this isn't true, this isn't true, this isn't true, that's not true, that's not true. How would you have known that those things weren't true? If you weren't there, how would you have known? It's being presented by, a, by a, a verbal source close to the camp, being reported in an authoritative fashion by a newspaper. If you weren't there, how would you have known that those things weren't true? You would not have had any way of knowing those things weren't true. Um, if you want to dig into this some more, there's a great book by a guy called Ryan Holiday called Trust Me, I'm Lying. Any of you heard, any of, you heard of that book? Trust Me, I'm Lying, Confessions of a Media Manipulator. It's a fantastic book. And so Ryan Holiday worked in marketing, and he wanted to prove just how easy the media, uh, the news media particularly, is to manipulate. So I don't know if you know this, but like... um, there are these websites where, where you can go and, and register yourself as a source on a particular topic. So that when some guy at a newspaper or a, me, a magazine or a blog needs to write an article about a particular topic, he, he says, okay, I need to write an article on this, or well, I need a source on this, so he can go to this source website, look up a source, and then give him a call and get information about this. So Ryan Holiday went, and he registered himself as a source for dozens of of different interests and occupations that he knew absolutely nothing about. And, And then, over the next several months, he got called to do interviews by all these major news outlets, asking him his opinion on things that he knew absolutely nothing about. Because there's no actual need to prove that you're an expert on this stuff. You just have to say you are. And so he gave interviews on things like winter boat maintenance. Because some guy in some community newspaper said, oh, we should run an article about how to winterize your boat. So they went onto the source thing and looked up experts in winter boat maintenance and, and looked up this guy, and he gave interviews on how to winterize your boat. He doesn't own a boat. He's never been in a boat. He doesn't know a thing about boats. And this article about how to winterize your boat got published by a major news outlet with him being quoted as a source. And he did this dozens of times. So then... Um, it's just hilarious. And you read some of the quotes he's saying, it's just hilarious. So anyways, then he, this all comes out in the book, and all of these sites published a retraction. But here's the idea, it is so easy to manipulate the, the, the media and the news today. It is so easy to pretend you're an expert on something if you don't know anything about it. There's, there's very little checks and balances in our information system. So the the media, and particularly the news media, is quite a bit more unreliable than we think. It has this thing of you know, imposing uh, or author- authoritative, did you read this in the news today? Well, okay, we're gonna get to practical stuff of what we do with that, but the th- truth, number three, it's very, very unreliable. Uh, number four, um, much of uh, n- much of media, and particularly news media today, is not so much about creating events as much as sorry. Is not so much about reporting on events as much as it is about creating events. So this is something Ryan Holiday talks about in his book uh, called "Trust Me, I'm Lying," where he looks at how um, Politico. So Politico is a is a kind of a left wing political news outlet in the states. How Politico has created political candidates. By simply choosing, we're going to report on this guy. And so they pick this junior guy who no one knows about, and just by reporting heavily on him, they create a candidacy and make him to be a big guy. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he's this big player simply because they reported on him. And he, and he tracks this kind of thing and says, if you pay attention to it, you'll realize that much of the news media today isn't actually reporting on events, it is creating events. It is stirring up the outrage, it is stirring up public opinion, it is shaping thought, it is, it is actually creating events. Um, Think of, and and, and some of this gets into the the next point here, but we've been through enough in the last few years, okay? Think about how much some of these things, like um, uh, let's say the early months of COVID. if, If the news hadn't been reporting on it, how much would it have actually been impacting us in those early months? Now, I'm not saying COVID is nothing, okay? Please, I I had it, I got sick, Uh, people died. I'm not, okay, so I'm not a denier, just hear that. But, But think of the panic proportionate to its actual effects and how much that panic drove mass events like buying toilet paper and how that panic was not driven by reality but by news reporting. So that's just another example of the fact that, that that the news media creates reality by the way they report. They're not reporting on reality, they're shaping it. We've got to be careful of this. Uh, number five, again, this is a lot about the news, but hope, hopefully you'll see these principles apply. Um, if you look carefully, much of the news media today isn't actually news it's, much of it is cleverly disguised opinion pieces. So I started to pick up on this through, through COVID, where I started noticing how many of the articles here, or how many of the articles and stuff um, contained words in their headlines, like might, could, may, potentially, Do you guys see where I'm going with this? Think of how many of these news articles are saying this could happen according to experts. Experts say this might happen. So-and-so from this hospital says this could be happening, okay? It's going on right now with the financial world, okay? We've been seeing uh, so-and-so says this, is the f- this could be the financial update in Canada in 2023. In just this morning I read uh, someone from Goldman Sachs said something the opposite, actually. No recession, this and this, okay? Is that actually news? What, what is that? That kind, of, uh, that kind of headline I've just described for you, what actually is that? speculation, opinion. opinion, it's opinion. It's someone's opinion, an expert's opinion. Uh, and the experts disagree with each other. Uh, if we haven't figured that out by now, we should. It's not actually news, but people, they know that they need content for ads and for us to read, and that people are like, oh, did you see this person? Thought this might happen, oh, ah. But if you, I encourage you to. So I'm getting now into practical. I encourage you when you read through the news, take everything that says might, may, could, potentially, or experts say. Now, maybe be a little careful with that. Uh, white it out and ignore it or, or put it in another category called opinion and say, you know, when I'm done actually reading the news, I'll read these opinion pieces about what some guys think, but it's, it's totally different, okay? We got, it, we got to understand. Um, and I realized through, through COVID, I mean, we were all looking for so much, any little glimmer of hope or whatever, and, and we were all just hanging off of these mights, maybes, and coulds
1: a narrative, and they want to see if you'll give them some water to use for their cause. And often, I'll, I'll tell them I'm not talking to you today because the first question, the first two questions they ask me, usually indicate what they're really getting at. And, and I've sort of gotten to the point where I, you're cutting through all of it and getting to the. Right off the bat, and you'll call them on it, and they don't like that. And and I've been, I've had them get quite angry if you over the phone when I'm not telling them what they want me. Like if They want to quote, if they want to quote from somebody, in my position, so they can say so and so said this and use it for their story. Their story is written. Like it's not like they're looking for something. They're not looking for facts.
0: They're looking for material to support the narrative that they've already and decided it's on. Totally that's right. And, and everything that happens
1: then um, in, the, in, in their little world somehow feeds that they're right. nothing to do with it sometimes. But you know, it's like saying, you know, we wildfires or climate change. So to nothing to do with each other. Right. But every when when you only can see one thing, everything is about that one thing. That's right. So it's, it's all about Right.
0: And, and I think what a Christian has to come in is to discern, he'd just be aware that there's an end game. Mm-hmm. And everything's pointing that direction. I think as Christians, you have to realize that in this whole world, they're not interested in truth. Mm-hmm. If they were interested in truth, you'd to read God's word, but they're not. So they, they're, they're fabricating their own facts. of yeah. last So that's an excellent that 's just a great segue into into truth number six here, which is that the news media, which again here this applies broadly to media in general information media th- they 've got a leaning, an agenda, a narrative, and in, in my in my experience, this is true with both left-wing and right-wing media, both mainstream and independent, okay? So I know in, in recent years, and some of you may disagree with me on this, and, and that's fine, we can talk about this. Um, in, in recent years, there's been a lot of people coming out against the mainstream media, and I think rightfully so. In my experience, uh, these things we're about to talk about here are, are, are often just as prevalent in, in the independent media. Um, but they, they've, got a, they've, got a, they've got a specific story they want to tell, And they're telling that particular story. And, um, it, it's it, it's it's interesting to me that we have no problem imagining a big company with hundreds of people is able to corral them all to promote a specific agenda, whereas we assume that a small independent outlet or or some independent news blogger is just a fearless truth warrior with no angle, no agenda whatsoever. I, I find it un, I find that unlikely. I think we're just knowing the human condition. We're we're probably going to find angles and agendas. All like everywhere we look. And so I think just being aware of that. Um, I, I've I found recently in, in, in recent years that that some of the independent, fair, and balanced news guys have basically taken the position that they're going to take the opposite position of whatever the mainstream media is taking and that and that, that's that's the angle, that's the narrative they're gonna push. And so they're gonna look for evidence. Uh, to, to push that, just like the mainstream media is looking for evidence to push their thing, the independent guys are going to be looking for evidence to push the opposite of whatever the mainstream media is going to push. Um, and and I, I could I gave you some examples of that. I'm going to move on here, but I just think the the idea here of, of what Terry was just pointing to is that the news media they're, tr- they're and the information media they're telling a story and they're looking for they're looking for evidence or quotes to support that story as opposed to just fearlessly following the evidence, where the evidence goes. And so we just, just need to be aware of that. Uh, number seven, um, this gets a little specific here. Uh, scientific studies are very often, if not always, <laughs> well, I shouldn't say always, i trying to be scientific here. Scientific studies are very often lost in translation when they make it into headlines. Okay, so... Um, as I've, I've read many scientific studies in the last few years. Uh, and, and actually, I'm not talking here about COVID. I'm talking about just some of my own health stuff. I've had to actually start to learn how to actually read the actual studies. Uh, they're very complicated. They're often very specific. Um, and then you, when you read about these scientific studies and what they actually prove and what they actually demonstrate, and then you look at how they're quoted in the newspapers, or the or the online media, you realize, oh my goodness! So here's here's one for example. This came out a few years ago. Um, this this big study that was saying, uh, major European study, breakthrough study, showing that eighty five percent of people who, recie- who would, uh, uh, receive uh, sex reassignment surgery have increased happiness a year later. Okay, now this was this was significant because one of the arguments of. of um, about sort of our against this sort of rapid descent into into um, giving hormones and, and surgery to anybody who who wants it, no matter their age, is that there's, there's 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 major evidence that a lot of these people regret it very shortly afterwards, and and that we're 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 given we're doing surgery and drugs like way, way, way too quickly, okay? So then the study comes and goes, no, 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 no. 85% of people who have gender reassignment surgery, or now called gender affirming surgery, because we're giving new names to everything, uh, they're happy a year later. They're happier. Science studies show. Well, what I did is I actually went and looked at the study. Okay, you should do that too. If you see a study quoted in the newspaper or the headlines of, of news, don't, trust that headline unless you've actually been able to read the study. Okay, so in this particular case, here's the study. They had this big group of people in Europe who had the surgery, and uh, it had an over 80% dropout rate, which means a year later, more than 80% of the people did not report back at all on how they felt. Of the less than 20% who actually reported back, 85% of them said they were happier. So do you see the the whole, the size of a truck that you can drive through this study? It is so false to say 85% of people were happier. No, 85% of a 20% group who actually replied, what happened to that other actual 80% of the group? Did they not report back cuz they're miserable, did some of them commit suicide? Like we we don't know. But the point is that this the the study as reported in the newspaper headlines or the news headlines was a lie. A straight up lie. And I, this is hap- this happens all the time. This is happening all the time. And so we've we've got to be We've got to be discerning. Here's another example of something that came to me more recently. Um, my mom died in 2009 uh, of metastatic breast cancer, and uh, she had a particular type of cancer when they found it. That was uh, HER2, her2 receptive, which means it was it was it was a, either expressive or receptive of a certain hormone, and. There was a drug that had been developed called Herceptin which targeted that specific, uh, that specific type of cancer. And my mom was in the, in the community she was in, a bunch of people had all had this type of cancer and all took this all type of drug and they all died of a brain tumor. And so it was actually kind of the, the the narrative that we that was being talked about, um, and that some people first said to me, and I got thinking about it is like, yeah, they all took this drug and they all died of a brain tumor. So what if mom hadn't taken that drug, you know? Um, and so I even said it to Amy, I'm, I'm, my wife here. I'm like, yeah, like that drug my mom took killed her. She that's what she died of a brain tumor. That's that's just like all of her other friends who 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 had that type of cancer and took that kind of drug and sure enough if you look it up on the natural health blogs which there are many um and i've got nothing against natural health i take more supplements than all of this room put together and i'm not joking but but if you look at the natural health blogs they all always repeat this oh yeah herceptin causes brain tumors herceptin causes brain tumors herceptin causes brain tumors okay well then you actually look at how this cancer works and how herceptin works okay so this this cancer uh is is uh Either receptive or or productive of this of this uh, hormone HER2, or it might be a protein. I, I I should be more specific here. And Herceptin targets that. Herceptin cannot cross the blood-brain barrier. This type of cancer that that Herceptin targets metastasizes all across the body, and it very very commonly shows up in the brain. Herceptin cannot cross the blood-brain barrier. So, are you you starting to put the pieces together for how this works? And so, if you look at the studies of people who have this type of cancer, who take Herceptin, 60% of them, the next time cancer shows up, will be in their brains. Herceptin did not cause that to happen. Rather, it means that it actually worked everywhere that it could work. But it can't cross the blood-brain barrier and because this cancer metastasizes everywhere and gets into your brain, it can safely hide out there. So do you see how you actually have to be able to read some of this stuff to figure this out to not just, because otherwise it just, take Herceptin, you dive your brain. Well, it's, it's more complicated than that. And we can't just believe what the natural health sites say because they've got agendas too. And... Um, and, and we need to actually be careful here. And the idea here, again, number seven, scientific studies very often lost in translation when they get to the headlines. Uh, Chris, can I interject? Yeah. Can I, can I have, a, have you walk that road of the supplement thing? It's not always an agenda. Sometimes it's complete ignorance. Well, I, I wanted to be nice, but yes, uh, often it's complete ignorance. Oh, right, because we, we, we i to do that, right? Because that's all we,
1: all we do, and that's the only
0: evidence we had. Right. Right. No, I, I think I think uh, there are people who like to get rich off of people's ignorance, uh, and and sometimes they work for mainstream health, and sometimes they don't. You know, like. Uh, Right. So there is a lot of junk that goes on in the name of mainstream media and trust me, or sorry, in the name of mainstream health. And I can say this, having walked through this, there is so much junk that goes on in the name of alternative health and, uh, and we just, we have got to be discerning. We got to be able to read this stuff. I think of a, a, a doctor who some of my people I knew were going to, who was using this, uh, NASA-approved device uh, that that could diagnose all these problems until you see that what he was using it for and what NASA had developed it for were two completely different purposes. And he was basically doing the equivalent of putting a thermometer under your tongue and telling you at what age you were going to die. You know, like just just total quackery. we to got to be discerning. Uh, truth number eight here, just, just uh, wrap, wrapping up this string of eight truths, uh, you can make anybody sound like a good guy or a bad guy with selective quoting, reporting, and editing. You can make a good guy sound like a bad guy, and you can make a bad guy sound like a good guy with selective quoting, selective reporting, and selective editing. Okay, so let's let's get into practical advice here. I've got actually five pieces of practical advice I'm going to try and get through very quickly here. Uh, how, so knowing all of this stuff, how do we apply the wisdom of proverbs to this information that we take in. Number 1, apply the proverbs 18:17 test. Okay, remember proverbs 18:17. The one who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examines him. So we've got to look for the other angle or sometimes we've got to be the other angle, okay? So for example, um Sometimes in the case of uh, of news, that means deliberately going and reading news from the quote-unquote other perspective. Now, we may do that and realize, oh, yeah, that's kind of, I don't agree with that, but that's maybe we'll actually gain something or 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 two, or two out of that. It's very interesting over the past few weeks reading coverage of the of the emergency uh, act um, hearings from the two major national newspapers. Uh, not surprisingly, the Global Mail and the National Post had completely different interpretations of 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 what was happening in in Ottawa, uh, and yet I. And you can probably guess which one I appreciated more. Um, and yet, even from the one that I didn't appreciate, there were still a couple of things here and there. I thought, yeah, actually, that's, that's a valid perspective that, that the other newspaper didn't report on. As Christians, we shouldn't be afraid of listening. Uh, we don't listen so our brains fall out, but we shouldn't be afraid of listening. Uh, now, sometimes we're gonna listen and realize, uh, actually, you're wrong, and, and that's okay. Um, but we shouldn't be afraid to listen. Um, Number two, uh, take everything with large grains of salt. Just just know that the information that's available to us, um, we, don't, we don't, much of it, we don't actually know whether it's reliable or not. We don't know how much of it is true or not. Um, that feeling you get after reading a good piece that you're informed and educated, much of the time that might just be an illusion, okay? Just a complete illusion. And, and so you just need to know that. that, that, that and actually, the, the, this news source might want to be feeding that illusion, might want to make you feel like, oh yeah, I know what's going on there when actually compared to someone who's actually in the middle of the situation, you have no idea. Um, so ju- just just know that. Number three, uh, ask yourself, why does this really matter? Okay, so remember we talked about this idea that, that, that news is a figment of our technological imagination. News is an entertainment industry. Um, one of the biggest proofs of that is how much time we spend reading stuff that doesn't actually matter to us. We just find it interesting. So just think, as you're reading information, whether it's the news, whether it's blogs, whether it's stuff on social media, why am I reading this, and why does it matter? Now, you might have a good answer for that question, but maybe it's just, oh, I just find it interesting. Maybe there's some better things you could be reading that will not only be interesting, but actually helpful. Now, I'm not saying don't read the news, don't read information, but just ask yourself that question. Um, the words of a whisper are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. Remember what we looked at this summer about gossip? So much of what goes on in the news media and in the information that's available to us online, whether it's social media, whether it's mainstream media, so much of it is just really polished gossip. It's just spray-painted manure to look nice, but it's, it's just gossip. It's other people's business that's not our business that we really have... Like think of think of like celebrity gossip. That's one of the big ones. Okay, so so like Kanye West is is disintegrating again in the means in, in, in the news. Okay, and I feel bad for the guy because he came out as a Christian and now he's saying he likes Hitler. At least that's what they're saying he's saying. And it's easy to get all like oh, but like why does it matter? Like why does it matter? Like and so you might have an answer to that question, well, because he's a spokesman or whatever. But on the other hand, like. Is this not just gossip? Is it not just gossip? Uh, Number four, uh, beware hit pieces and discernment bloggers. Kate, remember we talked about you can make anybody good sound terrible, you can make anybody terrible sound good. Uh, There is a whole Christian, quote-unquote Christian, cottage industry of, quote-unquote, discernment bloggers who write hit pieces about Christian leaders Showing how they're all terrible, and 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 so uh, some of them. I remember when I first found these back in my younger teens. Some of them are like a big catalog. You can just go through and click on the Christian leader, and you'll get the whole thing of why they're terrible. Um, some of them go after specific ministries or and specific leaders, and just with vengeance, just write terrible things about them. Um, here's where especially we need to apply the Proverbs eighteen seventeen test. Okay. One makes his case, and it sounds good till another comes along and examines him. So, um, one of these sites I remember reading recently, where this one guy was telling a story about leaving this church and how controlling they were as he was trying to leave, and it all just sounded so terrible. And of course, he was the poor victim. But but the problem there was that it was just a it was just this guy's story. The people writing this blog didn't actually reach out to the church and say. Uh, so this is what this guy told us. Could we hear the other side of the story? Except they wouldn't have done that, would they? Because the church would have told them, uh, this isn't actually your business. This guy left our church. You're a couple of middle-aged bloggers halfway across the country. Why do you care? And and you realize, oh yeah, this is actually just a gossip site under the guise of being discerning. Now here's, here's where this, this gets important, guys, is... um. We've had people leave our church because I uh, quoted uh, an author in a sermon or gave away a book. And and rather than come and talk to me about that author of that book, these people went on the internet and Googled them. So I, this is one of these people that they would tell me, like, oh, you said this in the message, and I wasn't sure about it, but I Googled it, and, and now I'm okay with it. So, thanks. <laughs> Thanks, thanks for uh, talking to Google about it. Uh, it would have been a lot better if you talked to me about it, because who knows what you found. But anyways, these people went, googled it, found some of these discernment websites, and read these hit pieces. You know, you know, a hit piece where it's just designed to take someone down, and read all this terrible stuff, and go, "Oh, Chris believes all this." Okay, and then started doing gossip of their own and, and telling people about this. So, so, literally, we had people in our church who, who were getting phone calls from people who lived in other cities who had never met me saying, you should be really concerned about EBC because of this, 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 and this. And they're calling me up and saying, are we having a problem with this here? And I'm going... Not, not that I'm aware of. Uh, so if, if you're totally unaware of what I'm talking about here, that, that's great, but just, just, you know, like, this actually happened, this has really affected us. People have been warned against coming to our church by people who have never actually been to our church because someone in our church read some stupid stuff online and gossiped about it to other people and it and it just spreads. So this, this stuff is actually really damaging. These quote unquote discernment bloggers are gonna answer to the Lord. And, and it shouldn't be that tough for us to be discerning with them by just applying Proverbs 18.17. Which is, let me get the exact wording again, the one who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examines him. Now I'm not saying online research can't be valuable at all, but it can be so dangerous if we don't do it properly and it should never be a replacement for actually talking to real people. Um, finally, number five, do your own homework, okay? One who states his case first seems right until the other comes. Sometimes you need to be that other person. And for the sake of time here, I don't have time to walk through what I was gonna do here at the end, was, was I, I had an article someone had sent me, um, and it had, had to do with a health issue, and, and it seemed very convincing and very true until I just kind of walked through doing my own homework, asking my own questions, um, looking up to see if the evidence they were putting forward actually supported their conclusions. For the sake of time, I'm not going to get to walk through it with you. Uh, but um, it, it was full of things uh, like, so for example, one of the common fallacies that you see in, in the world is that, uh, not just in the world, but you see this all over, is, is the fallacy that uh, correlation means causation. You know what I mean by that? fallacy. that if two things go together, then th- that caused the other thing. Okay, so it's like a funny example, dinosaurs didn't read, and now they're extinct, so you'd better learn how to read, kids. Okay, so that's 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 a f- f- correlation and causation fallacy. You see this all the time, uh, especially with the health stuff, you know? Well, this happened, and this happened, and this person's dead, therefore, they're dead because of this. Okay, well, that's not actually how science works. With science, you need to actually... Prove, demonstrate that this thing actually contributed to their death. Okay? And, and, and you need to do that not by making big, brash statements, but by actually making a hypothesis and then testing that hypothesis with research and experimentation, because that's how science works. Um, and, and, and guys, a lot of the, the, the stuff that we have access to on the Internet is not going to be doing this work for us. We need to do our own work to test it out, we need to do our own homework. We need to be the guy in Proverbs eighteen seventeen. For the sake of time, we're gonna wrap this up here, guys. But here's just basically the idea, to sum it all up again. We are awash in information. How much of it can we trust? Well, we need to be able to answer that question by, by being discerning. We cannot just swallow what we read, what we're told. We have to be discerning, and and these verses from Proverbs 18 are, are a really good place to start as we do that. And um, and and I think uh, the hard work of discernment might mean that we get less. We may be will take in less information, might feel less informed, but we may not be actually quite as. Uh, uh, sucked away or sucked into some of the really terrible ideas that we see people getting sucked into these days. Um, once again, we ran out of time. Uh, so we're going to cap it off. But if you want to talk to me about any of this, if you have questions, feedback, any of that, let's do that off the clock here. And um, let, let, me, uh, let me pray. And, uh, and then we'll carry on with the morning. Father, thank you for your word. Help us, Lord, in this world in which we live, surrounded by so much information, so many agendas, uh, sometimes including the the ones in our own hearts that want certain things to be true or not. Would you help us to be discerning, Lord? Help us to not be like children, swept to and fro by every new idea, but help us to be wise to what is good, innocent to what is evil. Help us to apply your word and, and to not be anyone's fool. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. You guys, last week's, next week, sorry, is the last week in class. Jordan's doing it, and it's on the more positive side of, of how to actually communicate in today's world in a way that's, that's effective and and fruitful. So you can look forward to that.